Welcome to the Everything Early Childhood podcast designed for approved providers, nominated supervisors and other childcare leaders. This fun, lighthearted and very serious podcast features weekly episodes on strategy, advice and conversations with fascinating and inspiring people from across our sector. Join the journey and have access to the tools and inspiration you need to create high performing childcare businesses. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Everything Early Childhood. My name is Lisa Brown and I am your host. And it is my pleasure to come to you each and every week to share some amazing insights from our sector and from my life. So this week, oh, well, first of all, Below Deck has been off for the last only like two weeks. So I felt a bit lost, but good news, everyone. It's back this week. So a brand new season um, of below just the below deck so last season was med and this time it's below deck so new captain Kerry um so Kerry is Australian with all of his crew from all over the world so excited to see what he's up to um this week's episode is brought to you by what's inspired it well they're saying we can do anything but we can't do everything. And it's so true, right? And as leaders, so this is targeted at leaders, business owners, um, many, many conversations that I've been having over the past few weeks is all about this. So at the start of the year, we see things and we want things to be in a certain way or a certain position and they're not. So what happens is when we feel as if we're losing control, our mechanism is to take back control. So what I wanted to do today was talk about letting go, give you some real strategies with how to do that and how to assess what to let go of and to talk about the benefits of it, why it is important. So one of the first questions that I ask business owners when we start working together is, Where do you want to see yourself? Where do you see yourself in two years, a year and a half? Like, what do you want to be doing with your life? And really to have a think about that because as soon as you make that decision and you aim towards something, it is really important to start taking the steps towards that right now. So if you're wanting more freedom, which is a big reason why people start owning a business, to have that more freedom, to be able to make decisions, to be able to have you put your mark on the world I think is another big one and to really make a difference so whatever that reason be be very mindful that those decisions that you make very early on <laughs> even though you'll want to take control of everything um, those decisions that you make very early on will impact your time and what you want your life to be like long term And this is a reminder for myself, just as much as all of you, I think at different times in business, you become really confident. And when you feel really confident at something, it is much easier to delegate it to somebody else than when you're maybe half, halfway, halfway confident, because then that way, you know, there's no doubting that you can't do it because remember, you can do anything But the fact remains, we all have the same amount of time, the same amount of energy, and we have to be so, so mindful with how we're spreading all of that beautiful goodness and with our time. So we can't do everything. 
the most beautiful thing about early childhood is that we have a team around us of people who can support us. One of the, and I remember early on, and for all of you who've listened to my story and know early on in my career, I was a control freak. I wanted everything a certain way. I would come in after hours and take photos of everything in the center and send it to them every single day. Um, I had a really beautiful team. My expectations were really clear. But what was lacking was trust, I think. Trust and I was still building my knowledge in those early days. So I didn't feel as confident to be able to pass anything on to the team. So we are limited by the amount of knowledge that we already have and that we have been trained on. So in order to improve and increase that knowledge, we need to step outside and look at different options. So potentially it could be you learning a new skill. It could be getting somebody else to do it that has that skill or it could be being taught. So creating something that works for you and being taught how to do that. So there's DIY yourself. You can read up on all books. What do they say? Uh, A thousand hours reading books is like a degree these days um, on one topic. So I remember, um, what's his name? I was going to say Bill Clinton. It's not Bill Clinton. Um, Oh, what is his name? You know, the Microsoft guy, you'll all be screaming at me out there, I know. Bill Gates, there, that's it, it came. Bill Gates, so Bill Gates actually walks around with a bag and in his bag, he's got about 10 books. So what one of his PA's job is, is to go and get 10 books on this one topic. And so Bill Gates walks around, I believe every month with these 10 books, they go everywhere with him and he will read up on the one topic from different elements and different perspectives to get a holistic view of what that is. I think that's a really awesome trait and a really awesome thing to do. But a lot of the time, we don't really have time to read 10 books every month on one topic um, to learn. So it's really important. A big question that I've been asking myself for a really long time when I finally felt confident enough to let go, and, and it's like a gears in cars, right? Gears go up and down, up and down and something will happen in your business. So you'll start to feel more confident. I'm going from one to two, two to three, three to four, four to five. And you're like, yes, we're just driving down the highway. We're just cruising. Everything's going amazing. And in those times, we are more likely to be able to delegate and to be able to train people effectively. However, when they start to go back down, four, potentially you've got a complaint from a family, three, um, somebody hasn't done something properly, two, um, that they haven't done it the way you want them to, et cetera, et cetera. So it starts to pile on top and you start to lose confidence, whether it's confidence in yourself or confidence in the person. But really, it all comes back to fear and potentially you need to ask yourself, what what fear is this and where is it coming from? Because there's a lot of barriers with letting go in business and exploring your own fears of potentially failure and reluctance to relinquish control because control comes back to failure. So rather than thinking, I'm not trusting this person, think of it as it's a lesson for yourself. And this is my lesson to be like, you know what? 
what would the worst thing that could happen here? What's the worst thing that could happen here? We fail. Okay, we fail. But what the best thing I remember is um, fail, F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. Over many years, I've learned that there is no such thing as failing. It used to really scare me and scare me a lot. And there was people um, and massive weight on my shoulders, obviously, to support them. And I've learned over the years that there isn't. There's no such thing as failure. It It really is just a first attempt in learning. As long as, and you get better, you get better. I know in those early days, it's bloody hard and it's tough, especially if you get, um, negative reviews on socials or um, you, you get re- having something really bad happen within your organization. It is tough, tough, tough. But it shouldn't stop us and we need to realize that the value that letting go has and the freedom that it does provide us. And also we'll look at how much it actually influences and encourages and supports our team to thrive. So some of the things and some of the things that hold us back from letting go. So as I said, it's a fear of losing control. So we often have a sense of ownership over our business. We love them. They're our little babies. And so letting go of certain tasks can sometimes feel like relinquishing control. They, you may fear that others won't do things the same way or meet their standards. Very, very huge. They're like, oh, but they don't do it the way I do it. Um, The next one, perfectionism. So many business owners have very high standards and particularly really high standards of ourselves. So it's so, so common. And this mindset can make it challenging to delegate tasks because we fear that others won't meet their expectations. And I've even had people say to me, look, I don't want to let you down because I don't want to, I don't want to, um, yeah, let you down because I'm not sure I can meet your expectations there. But again, that's on me. That's not on them. All right. The next one is lack of trust. So this is huge. So trusting others with important tasks can be difficult, especially if you have been let down in the past and you have experienced betrayal. So a lack of trust can make it hard for you to delegate responsibilities to employees or potentially your partners. And so I used to have a mantra and I used to repeat, I still repeat it. I trained you, I trust you. And because like in a previous episode, I spoke about owning a business and being able to step away for the first time. So right now, a lot of you potentially are having your children starting school for the first time. It's that time of the year. And it's exactly the same thing. It is so like that, that heart wrenching feeling of having your child starting school, going out into the big wide world. You can't look at, you know, watch them or be with them, particularly if they attended the same center as you and this is their first time out in the world without you but it is true that is part of life they need to be able to go and make their own friends make their own mistakes and learn and sometimes that's really important to do it without us so building that sense of trust without without going back to your previous experiences where you may have been let down your past does not equal your future so be weary and be mindful listen to your gut i'm a really big believer in listening to your intuition but it's really important to give people a chance. And if you train them well, 
then you can trust them. I trained you, I trust you. All right, overinflated sense of responsibility. So as business owners, um, we feel a really massive sense of responsibility for the success of our business. And at the end of the day, it is our business. So we may believe that we are the only ones who can ensure that everything gets done correctly and on time. And what this does, this leads us to taking on way too much and the struggle to delegate effectively. So true. Um, Micromanagement tendencies. So particularly when things are going really crap and something's happened, like particularly the complaint or a staffing issue, we we pull back and we close off. So we can have and we the tendency is that when we start to lose trust, we go back into this micromanagement. And what that means is that we manage every little part of things that that trust is started to fray. And we pull back and I, I almost envision it in my mind as like just hugging yourself. We're like, nope, we're just going to keep everything. I can do it. I'm just going to do it. Um, and we don't open ourselves up because it's that body language, right? So imagine opening yourself up, your body language up. We're like, no, I'm going to delegate. If they get it wrong, it is okay. It's fine. If they don't do it the way I wanted to do it, it's fine. Because everything is fixable, nothing is permanent. And if we don't go through the process now of being able to rectify and teach them and reflect, reflection is so important, particularly in our profession, to be a, they're never going to get it and our lives are never going to be easier. When as soon as, oh, and I can't wait to talk about this in the benefits, as soon as you delegate and as soon as somebody has it and is actually mastering it, and sometimes let me say that the student overtakes the master with certain things. And at that point, it is incredible because what they come up with is beyond what you could have come up with because you are overwhelmed and taking on all of these little things. So, We want to give them that opportunity to be able to do that. The next one is the fear of failure. So we may fear that delegating tasks will lead to make mistakes or have failures and it will reflect poorly back on them as business leaders. And it's true. We are responsible. We are liable. It is our brand. It is our business. And it is so important that we have that consistency and take that action but at the end of the day, we are all human. So, and I, I know too, look, some, and this is the truth. Sometimes you default back to being like, look, if I make the mistake, it's fine. And I would prefer to make the mistake first so that we can fix it because I'm going to be, even though I'm harder on myself than I am on anyone else, um, I would prefer to be the one apologizing it being my business. I'm not sure how I would feel about somebody else making that mistake and them, yeah, it, it not, somebody else making that mistake. So everything that you do delegate, make sure that you master first. Um, I remember Tony Robbins and another, you know, huge business person, they share these stories about the, their accountant and that people in their business that they didn't know how to do that part. So they relied on somebody else to do that part for them, which is important as well. Like we need people to help us in business. And if I'm honest, early on, like if I look back now, it's something that I probably 
I think about recording this podcast all the time. Like, what would I do differently now if I was to go back and own own my center? If I was to do it all over again, what would I do differently? And one of those things that always pops up in my mind is I'd ask for help sooner. Like, I I remember feeling the pressure and feeling the stress and feeling like such a burden on myself to have to do everything and be everything. And I, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing I would have done differently. And I started to probably like three and a half years in, um, you know, I started to talk to someone about marketing. I started to talk to someone about, um, you know, coming in and, and doing an audit of my service because, as I said, I talk about the black dot effect often. And when, we, when we're in the same environment over and over, it doesn't push us or allow us to see outside of that. So it is really crucial to get that, you know, other opinion, other perspective with how we can take ourselves to the next level. And being able to delegate allows us to do that and focus on what we love and what we're good at, which I'm going to show you a technique in, our, in the next section. But fear of failure, comfort zone. So some owners may simply be comfortable doing everything themselves and they may resist delegating because it requires stepping out of your comfort zone. So you may prefer to stick with what you know rather than taking any risks and letting others handle important responsibilities. And that's another fact, isn't it? So if we do it all ourselves, it's only ever going to be the way we do it. And it's only ever going to be to our capacity of knowledge. So if we one, build people up, but also look at people's strengths and attributes and allow them to potentially take on something within limits and boundaries. So go back and listen to our podcast on delegation. Um, It allows us to, I totally got off track with that. Anyway, um, it allows us to be able to, um, once we daily, it allows us to have that freedom and to be able to build on and take on tougher things that are going to be able to challenge our minds and challenge our brains. So really overcoming barriers, we need to have that shift in our mindset. We need to trust in others, develop those effective delegation skills and recognize the benefit of letting go and freeing up our time to focus on high level tasks, allowing others to grow and develop within our organization. So crucial. So here, how do you identify? So next up is how do we identify what to let go of? And this reminded me, I I had to think back with where I'd heard of this and I love it so much and it just pops up every now and then when I think, oh yes, that's it. This would be so helpful for you. But in this case of letting go, it is so helpful. It's like a diagram. So you draw like a line down the center and then a line in across in the middle. So vertical, horizontal. So then you have four boxes. In the top left-hand quadrant, you'll write love, great. So you love it and you're great at it. Then the next one is next to it. So to the right is you like it and you're good at it, but you're not great. You like it and you're good at it. Then down the bottom, so this is your bottom left box, you're going to write, you don't like it, (laughs) but you're good at it. So everyone's like, oh, but you're so good at it. But you're like, oh my God, I really hate that. I really hate that. (laughs) 
Um, I'll share some things in my boxes for you if you like. And then in my in the fourth box, so this is the bottom right-hand corner, you write don't like, not good at it. So there's always things in every role that we don't like and we're not good at it. But what we want to do is to be able to identify what they are. So, and we want to point out the things. And so the rule of thumb is once you look at it, so love and great. So what am I love and what am I great? Well, I love this podcast. I love coming to you every week. And maybe, I don't know, do I, am I great or am I good? I'll let you all decide. Um, then we, yeah, so the podcast, I love socials. Um, I love just chatting to people, hearing their stories, um, helping them, supporting them, being out there with, with people. So I would have that in my love great. What do I like? And I'm good at, but I'm not great at, um, I think, well, let's put socials in like and good, right? So I actually really like it. I'd like to do it, but I don't, I think that there's area for me to grow with that. And I'm actively looking for courses, training, because I want to make sure that we're giving you all value out there on our socials and giving you what you, what you need. Because for us, our socials is really just about connecting and we just want to connect and share that knowledge with as many people as we can. So if I can build my knowledge to be able to do that more effectively, then that's in my like and good. So I like it, or maybe I, (laughs) maybe I, um, yeah, hang on. Maybe I'm good but I'm, hang on, maybe I'm not good, but I like it. Anyway, the next one is don't like, but good. So I don't know what I would put in this category. I don't know what I'll put in this category. Don't like, but I'm good at it, but I don't like it. Oh, I'll be honest. Let's be honest. Okay. I'll be, here's my truthful moment. Really had to think about that for a second. I hate talking on the phone. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. Like I, I, if I, it's, I think it's a time thing. Like I'm like, oh, but I just scheduled this time to do this. So for me, the best way to have a phone call with me or a meeting is to book in a time. Cause then I'm like set up and, and then I'm like, yes, okay. I've got these calls today. I've got these meetings. So it's not an offense thing. It's just really a time management and structure thing. And to make sure that I can give people my best and show up prepared for these calls. So if you call me and I don't answer, it's not because I don't like you. It's because I'm busy and I've got other things like I'm at clients and I'm doing things and I won't answer the call. So leave me a message. Love messages. Um, It really annoys me when people call and don't leave a message. And um, yeah, then I'll get back to you and we can schedule a time. But yeah, so I'd say don't like good at. Yeah, I love. I'm good at being on the phone. I tend to try to schedule them when I'm in the car so that I feel like I'm doing two things at the same time. Like I, there's nothing really else that I can do except listen to a podcast or make calls. So I try to do all my calls in the car and I do like it when I'm on the phone, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Something weird. And I don't like it. I'm not good at it. Okay. So I don't like it and I'm not good at it. Just, uh, I would put in this category, mundane stuff. So once I've mastered something, I really struggle to do it over and over and over and over again. So this year, my word of the year, if you don't know, is consistent action. So this is what I mean, taking consistent action. So it's showing up each and every week with you here to share this, um, these episodes and goodness, but I'm not good at it. Like I'm not good at it to do that. So I have to force myself because there's always things that we don't like and we're not good at. Um, I have to force myself to do it. But 
What is good is when it gets to that quadrant. So the rules are that we should be spending 80% of our time above the line. So 80% of the time in our love and great and like and good, 80% of our time. And then 20% of our time should be below the line. So that is don't like good and don't like not good. So 20% should be a below the line and you're below the line is the things that you should delegate first. So work on, so ask you, I always ask myself these questions, whether it's my to-do list and then I have my three Ds. So do, delete, delegate. So when I work through my to-do list and then if you want to work through this um, matrix, this is a really great matrix to work through as well, to work out what those things are. Now with the do, delete, delegate, I always ask myself, okay, what can I do myself and what can I only do myself? That is a really powerful question. What can I only do myself? Then the next question I say is, okay, well, what do I need help with? And then who can help me? So that you can say, okay, well, if I have to do this this week, um, I'll give you a real example. So, um, Jake's actually gotten really good with socials actually. So if I, I, I build a lot, all my socials myself and at times like Jake's gotten really good at them. So if I run out of time, I'll say to Jake, Hey Jake, we need socials on this, this and this. Um, can you just pop some socials together? So he's gotten really great at that. But right now where I'm at is that I need a videographer. I cannot video myself. Um, so if anyone knows of anyone in any state around Australia, um, send me videographers, um, looking for a great PA to come and help me with everything. Follow me around the country, learn, pick up that like they need to be really keen, ambitious, like just keen to learn really beautiful energy so that we can bounce off each other and just have fun making reels, traveling around, helping people. Um, So great with socials. And yeah, so that is what I want to delegate all of those things below the line that potentially anyone else could do. So really, those are two strategies. So the first one is the matrix and the second, it's called delegate and elevate. So once you delegate, it means you get more time in your pocket to do some things that you love or potentially to do things that are going to challenge you a little bit more. So right now, um, Jake is wanting to have more challenge. So he's identified, okay, I'm at this capacity now. I feel like I need more challenges. And we said, okay, well, in order for you to be challenged further and to push you beyond that, we need to free up some of your time. So we need to work out exactly this system. We need to work out what tasks you're doing that we can delegate to other people. And so that we can free your time up so that you can do these things that are going to challenge you a little bit more and to push you. So um, identify it, let them know, and then work out what they are. So let's look at some strategies now. So we want to introduce practical like techniques um, to be able to relinquish that control because it's that control thing. And trust, I'm going through this right now too. So, and we want to have that delegation and empowerment to be able to set our team up for success. And whether it is just challenging people to the next level, whether it's free coming from a place where we want to free ourselves up to be able to have more freedom. Um, spoke to a beautiful owner the other day and she just wants more time to go and visit her family overseas. I was like, amazing. But you know what? If you start by getting yourself stuck in your service, it is never going to happen. So set yourself up for success and surround yourself with beautiful people. 
All right. And the role. So we want trust and communication in effective delegation. So again, go back and listen to our delegation um, episode and then share tips for overcoming the fear so of letting go. So that's what we're going to do now. We're going to talk about some strategies with how to let go. So we want to identify our priorities, which we just talked about. So determine which tasks are most important for us to focus on as business owners. So remember the saying, we want to work on our business, not in our business, because that is where we are most effective and we can have that bird's eye view to look down and see what's happening to be able to come up with those solutions. And we want to prioritize these tasks and delegate those that are less critical and can be done by someone else. And you know what? Sometimes that someone else is better at it than us. And sometimes that someone else will be so thankful for having a task. So in a center, I used to hate, well, therapeutic, but didn't get time for it. I used to hate filing, right? So the file pile used to be very, very big. And so I used to just choose someone to come in, spend some time with me and chat and do filing. And I had people who loved it. They loved filing. So they were like, oh, Lisa, this is amazing. Thanks so much. And we just used to chat and sing and whatever while they did filing. Um, And so it was time together, connect to connect, but it was also allowing them to get their OCD vibes and and do all the filing. All right. So when we do that, we want to make sure we set clear expectations. So we want to clearly communicate our expectations for the delegated task, including deadlines. What are the quality standards that we're looking for and any other relevant detail? So make sure that the person you're delegating it to understands what needs to be done and how it fits into the overall goals of the business. So why is this important and what is it going to be used for? We want to choose the right person. Yes. So really look at, get your whole team to do the matrix. So get your whole team to do um, the delegate and elevate matrix and even better, once they once you do it and once they do it, share it with everybody else so everyone can contribute to it. Because sometimes it's really challenging to even know what you're good at. Like what am I actually good at? Like what what is it me that I specialize in that you would say, you know what, you are really great at that. Um, and let them know we don't let people know enough how amazing they are at certain things. Like uh, there's this um, at one of our centers this um, one of our educators, she always contributes like really thoughtful um, solutions or questions. And it's so valued because I can see how much thought goes into the contribution and that's appreciated. And I realized, you know what, I'd never actually let her know that. So it's, I think that as leaders, it's important to remind ourselves that we think really great things about people, but how often do we let them actually know? And so instead of telling other people or instead of it just being stuck in our head, just get it out of your head and share it with them because you know what? You will make their day, probably their week. And the more we share these beautiful things, you wouldn't have people around you if they they didn't add value and they weren't um, amazing and they didn't make your life easier or they didn't have these beautiful positive attributes. So let them know what they are and they will 
love it. All right, so choose the right person. Make sure that the person's strengths line up with the tasks that you're assigning them. We want to provide support and resources. So make sure that they have everything that they need to, whether that's training, guidance, access to any necessary tools or information, and make sure they have everything they need to complete whatever it is that you're delegating to them successfully. Um, And the rule of thumb that I always did, it's like, don't tell them how to do something. Tell them what you need done. Because the best feeling is when some you give someone something or they come with all these ideas. Because again, the best thing about our profession is that we work with really amazing different people. And life would be boring if we're all the same. Everyone is so different and everyone contributes um, so many different beautiful values. So what it, what's important is, and, and many times I've had this happen, is that they'll come with an idea and be like, wow. I never would have thought of that. That is a really great idea. And give them, give them the credit, like credit where credit's due. If you are open to that, remember that body language, leadership, like even not even like on a physical level, but on an energetic level as well. Are you open to this? Because, you know, collaborative leadership is a big part of EYLF as well. And, I, you know, I'm a natural collaborator, so it just comes naturally to me. So really, it's important to make sure that you are, yeah, letting people know and having that collaboration and letting them take it on as their own, as long as you have given them those clear expectations. So we need to trust them. So trust that the person we're delegating it to is capable of handling the task. So this is, this is where I'm up to, right? Yes. And it's tough. It is so tough. Again, it's our baby and we put our pride and our joy and our hearts into nurturing our little babies. But I always remind myself we're never going to move forward if we keep just doing everything ourselves. So make sure that you nurture your baby by trusting your team. And especially if you ever want to have time off, like if you ever want to have time off, then you need to trust people. And you want you would prefer to trust people and get people to do it when you're there so that you know when you're not there that it's going to be um, a well-oiled flowing machine. All right, and then give feedback. So provide feedback on the delegated tasks to help the person learn and improve. So we want to recognize all of their beautiful efforts and accomplishments and offer that constructive feedback to help them grow professionally. And sometimes it's hard and sometimes this is the point where we crumble because again, we come back to that fear. Oh, it's easier to do it myself. And yeah, in the short term, and if we relate it back to children, yeah, it's easier to put shoes on for children themselves. Yes, it's easier to dress children out them like ourselves to do it for them. But if we relate it back to child development, if we do it for them, they are never going to learn. They will always be reliant and dependent on us. And I question this a lot with leaders and in my own mind, I'm like, we were so busy and our time's taken up and everyone interrupts us all day long. But is that us? Like, have we created that? Is that something that we personally have created? And instead of doing it for everyone, and the analogy that I talk about a lot and share with leaders is somebody will hand you their ball. Somebody will come to you and say, um, what's an example? Let me use a real life example. So, um, 
gosh, I can't even think of one. It's terrible. Um, so let's say they have a problem with Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, the person or the child. Let's talk about a child. So Johnny, the child, um, really challenging behavior. They just won't listen. Um, and so they come to you as a leader, which is fine. That's your job. They can vent to you at any stage. But what they're doing by doing that, if they don't take any accountability to reflect on that and look for solutions, is they're passing you the ball. They're passing you the ball. They're saying, here you go. It's no longer my problem. I am telling you as my leader and I'm passing you the ball. So as leaders, we need to pass the ball back to them and say, well, what what solutions have you come up with? What have you tried and why haven't they, why hasn't it worked? And you can even ask them, what is it that you're looking for here? Can I give you, like, do you, are you just venting? Okay, great. Do you want some strategies? Okay, great. Um, do you, how can I support you in this? What do you need? How can I support you? Really powerful questions. But we need to be able to give that criticism because, again, if we do not work through that process and provide them with that constructive feedback, in the long term, like the child, they're never going to learn and they're never going to be able to do it themselves. And you'll just be stuck in that overwhelmed state, feeling trapped because you haven't been able to trust your team and or delegate effectively. All right, so we want to start small. So if you're feeling really nervous, (laughs) which is understandable, maybe it's the first time that you're identifying that you've got too much on your plate or there's something that you want to do and you don't have time, start small. So we want to delegate little small things gradually and increase the level of responsibility as you become more comfortable with letting go because trust is earned and it goes both ways. So you need to trust them and they need to trust you. And so this, you can build this up over time and with that, we'll build the confidence in your team over time as well. And we want to delegate responsibilities, not just tasks. So instead of just delegating individual tasks, which you can start at, consider delegating entire projects or areas of responsibility. So this allows others to take ownership and initiative, freeing up more of your time in the long run. So potentially in your service, is it time to review your philosophy? Can somebody take charge of that? Um, Have you got these support teams that are wanting to take on part of your QIP? Great then make sure that you have set the time for them to do it, but to, to research, to come together. All right, how can we move forward with this? They also document it. I always talk about director and owner. We wear so many hats. And yes, when you first start, it is important to make sure that you are aware and confident with every single hat in your organization. But your job as a leader, your job as a teacher even, teacher, leader, owner is to take off those hats, make those hats redundant because you are passing the baton, you're passing the hat on to somebody else. It reminds me of uh, when I think about that with leadership, I always come back to children and the quote um, or the, you know, the, yeah, quote I would come back to is a Maria Montessori quote. And she says that our job is done when the children no longer need us. And sometimes that is scary. Sometimes that's scary as a teacher, as a leader, whether it's the children, oh, they won't need me. I won't be needed. 
they will always need you, but the capacity of how they will need you may differ and change. And that means that it frees up your time to do more important things and to move your beautiful business or your life forward. Um, and with the children. So the children be able to facilitate different beautiful experiences for them because they are independent and they can do everything themselves. So if we take that rule of thumb, which I say about children uh, often, is whatever they can do for themselves, they should. And so with your team, whatever they can do themselves, they should as well. Um, And then monitor their progress. So keep track of their progress and the delegated tasks, check in, agree on different times that you're going to check in with them. So how often, offer the support. And this is really crucial because this is where we get to, we delegate a task and then usually we get to the end and we're like, okay, well, show me what you've done. And you're like, holy moly, this is way off. Like this is not even, um, Jake and I joke, right? If I have a vision for something and I pass it to him, it never goes well. So we have to have that debrief, that consult for me to go over what my vision is of something. Um, And then I check in, okay, yeah, it's on track. What about this? So, or then I have other things where I'm like, look, this, I really, we really want to do this and build this for our company. It will help so many people. I don't have a vision of this. You can own this. Um, But this is the outcomes that I want. And I still contribute obviously to every part of that as well. And then reflect and adjust. So after delegating tasks, take time to reflect on what went well, what could be improved and make sure that we utilize this feedback to adjust our approach um, to delegation and refine, refine strategies for letting go in the future. So it's so crucial. So letting go, what can letting go do? Those benefits. So we can focus on strategic tasks. So by letting go of routine, everyday, mundane things, which are in my lowest category, (laughs) um, it gives us the energy and mental space to be able to take on more strategic activities and drive growth and innovation. So this can include long-term planning, developing new services and building relationships with key stakeholders or maybe having a life. (laughs) Um, Empowerment of team members. So by delegating tasks, you're allowing your team members to take on more responsibility and ownership. So it can boost their morale, their motivation, their job satisfaction, and it can lead to increased productivity and engagement. So sometimes we think, oh, they've got too much on. We don't want to burden them with more. But actually, they're just sick of doing those mundane things. So they would love it. It would actually boost their morale and motivation more. Development of skills and talents. So delegating tasks provides opportunities for team members to develop new skills. We want to make sure we're um, expanding their knowledge and helping them to grow professionally. So it allows them to take on challenges and stretch themselves beyond their current capacity. Now we are humans, our brains are sponges, and we really just need to keep pushing that capacity um, for our learning. We only know what we know until we can practice a new skill and learn and get better. So better utilization of your resources, so um, such as time, experience and manpower. So we really want to make sure that we're using that more effectively and maximizing our time. So it enables tasks to be completed by those who are appropriate um, and have that and reduce the risk of bottlenecks. I did a business course, how long ago? Four years ago now? four years, five years, anyway, four years ago. And they used to say, what is your biggest bottleneck right now? And what that meant is the wine bottle, yeah? So you've got a wine bottle and it's got the 
bottleneck, yeah, <laughs> essentially. And so if that bottleneck is blocked, then nothing can flow in and nothing can flow out. So the bottleneck is what is blocking you. So what is blocking you or what are your inefficiencies right now that you need to stop? And I'm going to be really honest here. Eight out of 10 times, we are our own bottlenecks. So we are the people that are stopping us from having that freedom, having that time, having that manpower, making our team really empowered. We are the bottlenecks and it's coming from the fear and we need to have that really honest conversation with ourselves and it's not just once. Man, I do this probably like four times a year. So be like, okay, you know what, Lisa, you're in your own way now. You're in your head, you're in your own way. Like you actually need to step out of your way right now because you are the bottleneck. You are the thing that's stopping. So, and then reflect on that and actually work out the strategy to move forward. And it's different things because as you grow in your business, whether you've got so you might start with one center. Then if once you've got that and you're delegating and everyone's working effectively, Maria Montessori style, um then you can own a second center and then you can start implementing effective strategies there. Then a third center, but you need to make sure that you've got that foundation and built that trust and beautiful relationships in your team to start with whatever process you want for your future. Start designing it now. Live a life by design, not by default. Um, thanks, Aaron Sansoni. All right, increase flexibility and scalability. So delegating tasks creates more flexible and scalable business model. And we adapt to changing needs and circumstances. So it allows business to scale operations more easily by distributing work among a larger team and outsourcing tasks as needed. Faster decision-making and execution. So it makes um, people that are good at it, do it tend to do it a lot quicker. So, and also if more people are doing it, then it can get done a lot faster to achieve our goals as well. Improve work-life balance. So I, again, I always, ch- I always challenge leaders and owners and I say, do you plan on having any time off? They'll be like, well, yeah, of course, I'm going to have time off. Or some of them, some of them like, no. No, no, no. And they've got all of that leave balance all racked up. No, no, I never have time off. But you know what? You deserve it. You deserve time off. You deserve a life. You, we need it. And sometimes we don't know how much we need it until we have it. So make sure you plan that leave in there. Have that well-deserved time off, that break, because every battery needs to be recharged and that includes our own energy. Um, and there are different things that we need to recharge and different ways to recharge. But when it reduces your stress. So if you know that it's working like a well-oiled machine when you're there, you know that it's going to be a well-oiled machine when you're not there. And it's like in your room as a leader, having casual step in for the day. I remember this rule of thumb that I always used to program into my own brain. It was like, Lisa, anyone that steps into your room should know exactly what needs to happen. It doesn't matter who it is. It makes your life so much easier because you hand them their lanyard. This is the this is the roles that you have today. Um, this is your you know your Kristen today. This is the roles that you have today. Um, blah 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 blah. Great done easy. So and make sure that you have that debrief. Oh my goodness, that I've been seeing so many people that will just have casuals come into their room and they won't even talk to them. They'll just 
they'll just expect them to know what to do. They've never been there before. Spend that time, that five, 10 minutes in the morning saying, um, these are your tasks today. These are the jobs. Um, you know, what are you really good at? What do you really love? And then giving them some things that meet with their strengths um, throughout the day as well. So just because they're casual doesn't mean that they hate documentation. Just because they're casual, um, it doesn't mean that they... Yeah, so it doesn't mean so just because you have doesn't mean they can't document, doesn't mean they can't do group time, doesn't mean that they can't um, go and help you with different things that will be effective during the day rather than things that are not going to be helpful at all. Beautiful. All right, well, I'm going to leave our beautiful podcast there. My husband's calling me. That's why I went quiet and it stopped for a minute. Um, So I'm going to leave it right there. I'm looking forward to my below deck tonight to watch that while I eat dinner. And then we can catch up next week. So let me know if you enjoyed today's episode. Um, always love coming to you each week. Again, oh my gosh, I've been so swamped and busy. So me again, I need to delegate some stuff out um, so that it frees up my time. But of course, been chatting to some amazing directors for our Directors Academy coming up 1st of March. So we're fully booked and we are pumping. So been chatting to everyone about our Academy. And then we, yeah, so, and then I'm planning workshops. So this year doing workshops, traveling around the East Coast of Australia. So if you'd like a visit, let me know. So where will we be? We'll be in Townsville, Mackay, Brisbane, Gold Coast, um, around the Northern Rivers. And then we will be in Newcastle, Central Coast, (laughs) Sydney, South Australia, Victoria. Um, And that is all in the first quarter. So that'll be before, like by April. So we'll be in those areas before April. So let me know. We've got a couple of days here and there that we can come and visit, come see you, see how you're going in your service. Anyways, I'll leave it there. Have an amazing week. Thanks so much for joining us. We love that you're all listening out there. And any questions, let me know, but keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Everything Early Childhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and review. We read them all. (laughs) To catch all the latest from me, your host, Lisa Brown, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Lisa Brown underscore Platinum Ed. Thanks again for listening. Keep making every moment count and I'll see you next time.